if you're the acoustic player, there needs to be some times when you're just breaking chords. That's great. Or sometimes where you're playing fingerstyle, but you shouldn't be strumming all the time. Welcome to Soundless Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music, where we explore what the Bible has to say about music and worship in the church and encourage those who plan, lead, and participate in their Sunday gatherings each week. Hello, welcome back to the Soundless Doctrine podcast. My name is David Zimmer. My name is Bob Coughlin. And we are on a second episode with our friend, Ben Shive. Ben, welcome back. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> well, we took a vote. Both of us, we said yes. yes. Two thumbs up. <laughs> so David didn't make the cut, but we, okay, we, decided, <laughs> we decided to allow him on anyway. Ah, okay. So we have so many more questions we want to ask you. Uh, if you haven't listened to the previous episode we did with Ben, it just was gold. There was so much in there yep. to unpack. Uh, but we have a lot more questions that we want to ask. Um, yeah, starting with... Yeah. Ben, what... Okay, so you, you've heard a lot of bands, you've um, done a lot of teaching on this. Um, what, what are some of the common mistakes that, that uh, Individual bands... Individual instrumentalist makes. Yeah, or bands yeah. Um, in churches. What, what are the things they just yeah. can be blind to? Uh, yeah. yeah, that you've seen. Wax well, lyrical. Um, okay, yeah. So I think one of the big ones is just playing songs in the wrong key. And <laughs> and yes. I think it's one of, honestly, oh, listen, great. to me, that's these, these two are the non-negotiables. I just did a talk on this at saying tempo and key are the non-negotiables. Mm. And, mm. and key, here's the thing. You're the we talked to, in the last episode about how the, the, the worship leader is not the lead vocal. Yes, the congregation yes. Is. Thank you for repeating that. And the say. worship leader yeah. or the band, they're not the worship leaders. Knows his knows his own or her own voice, and she says, We're gonna need to do this song in a key that I am comfortable with. And I would unequivocally say, say yes. that that's a mistake. Yes. Um now your comfort is not of no consequence. But first, we have to take care of the congregation. Yep. And so if you have got my rule of thumb, um, and I, I'll talk about this at length, but my, my rule of thumb is I don't like to make women camp out much higher than a B flat. Wow. It's diminishing returns as you get beyond, yeah. to, as you camp out there. Now, yes, you can out. ask women to just like, you right. know, you're singing in Christ alone. You can be like, Sins curse. No, I don't have. Yes, I don't yeah, have yeah. Pinch. So that note could be a D. Yep. Like, but not much higher than that. I mean, yeah. like D is where it starts to be like women can't sing higher. Than yes. That. Yeah. Many women can't. Yep. And when you ask them to camp out B flat, B much higher than that, B uh, B is okay. Yeah. Much higher than that, they start to fatigue if they can sing it at all. And and if you've got half the people in your congregation unable to sing a song. Yep. yep. To me, that's failure. It's yeah. just failure. Yeah. It's and good. so if you are enjoying singing it in a key that works for you and you're singing a D, just pegging a D for, for the whole chorus yeah. of the song and the women are not able to sing, you're failing at what you that's set great. out to do. That's great. Yeah. Um, which probably means you had the wrong goal because you wouldn't mm. let yourself fail over and over again. At, <laughs> yeah. At the right. um, so that's one. That's a big one. Wow. And by the way, the other end of that, of that, extreme would be I, I try not to make men sing much lower than 
an A or a G yep. down there for any yep. substantial length of time. Again, like uh, you're singing in Christ alone, in Christ alone. I don't care that that's yeah, a G. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could even be an F sharp. Like that'd be okay. Um, but like if they're just singing down there for a long yeah, time, yeah. then I wouldn't want it to be much lower. But if they're really singing down there, A is probably where I'd want that to be. Yeah. So you got to yeah. learn how to do that balance, yep. balancing to that. The, okay. So the other thing, I think what causes um, bands to play songs at the wrong tempo is setting the tempo to the feel that they want to play rather than to, to the way that they want to sing the song. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So Amen. Amen. Well Amen. said. When you go to set the tempo of a song, try setting it by singing it. Yes. Yeah. I have to do this all the time on a Sunday morning. I'm like, you know, if I'm if I'm the one leading, I go, okay, I know what the general feel that I want is, but I sit there and I just I've got my metronome app on my phone and I go, hey, let me, I'm gonna sing the verse right now. This feels comfortable to me, and I tap it out. Yeah. And then we go, okay, now let's play the song. And that now everyone else needs to fall in line behind that tempo as they find a feel that they like. Yes. Yes. Um, because so we've I, all, I, I think we do that. Yeah. We've all been in that situation where the, yeah. do you feel the world is broken? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, and I mean, we were talking in the last episode about that, like that, like um, overstimulation versus boredom yes. thing. Right. Yes. If you want to bore people, have them sing the song way slower than they would speak it yeah. right we're, we're accustomed to singing a little slower than we speak but there's right. a point right at which the air just all leaks out of the balloon <laughs> there's just nothing there yeah, yeah. i think those are the big one I, that, and you know the other great. one i would say that has great. more to do with what we actually play is what you said in the last episode just never not playing and i'll tell you a few of those that i see a lot one is people who lead from the acoustic guitar they will tend to think that they need to strum their acoustic guitar for the mm. service so and true. they don't and they really need to not so true. um i am especially sensitive to the kinds of instruments that um that overshadow the vocal and i'll tell yeah. you what those are in my mind trumpet the acoustic guitar when it's strummed <laughs> oh sorry yeah the trumpet yeah no, that's true there's probably a whole list that i don't even deal with <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I'll, I'll put and that's those why you're here bob that's why i'm here <laughs> The hi-hat on the drum kit. Mm. Yeah. On the drum kit is it's just all those sibilants that we sing. And so when you decide that you're going to play your hi-hat, it's fine. Mm. But you are uh you are taking up a little room that the vocal takes up. Dave, and then really taking notes the, on this. Too. The crash, the crash and the ride. Like when when your drummer's up here, you're saying, <laughs> Hey everybody, don't be able to hear yourself sing quite as yes. Well. Yeah. Um, yes. Oh so, man. Those are the ones that are really like, so if you're, if you're the acoustic player, there needs to be some times when you're just breaking chords. That's great. Or sometimes where you're playing finger style, but you shouldn't be strumming all the time. Yeah. You should just be aware of like, when are the times when we need a little bit of space? I, and, and, yeah. I'm sorry. Not to cut you off, Ben. I love though, um, connecting, um, that frequency range to yeah like you were saying the the sibilance and the you know in the words uh and even you talked on the previous episode about a, a pianist hanging out with a one or a three or you know just simple chords on the yeah. on the low end tying you know we've heard that statement tying your left hand behind your back or whatever yeah. same thing with yeah. the drum same thing as a drummer you can move your yeah. right hand away from a hi-hat put it on a floor tom and it opens up this yeah. sonic space so i, I really think as much as we like, uh, we can all laugh about how much toms are used in worship music at the moment. 
I think part of the reason is that right when people when you're on the floor, Tom, instead of on the hi hat, people can just hear themselves. They yeah. can hear themselves sing more. It's interesting. Yeah, so, but another option would be to just to just wait. I mean, okay, so we talked about dynamics in the last episode. Withholding something by like putting your left arm behind your back or uh, as the drummer or as the piano player gives you another gear for later. Totally. And it makes it so that you don't, if you save a little at the beginning, then you're not getting to second verse and being like, well, I've already been playing at a at a double, you know, at, at a fortissimo. <laughs> fortissimo. So now I guess I got to be fortissimo when I hit the second chorus. You're just and adding way too many essays to that. Yeah, if you go, I'm gonna I'm gonna play verse one, chorus one, verse two, chorus two at a, at mezzo piano. Yeah. Then when I go to mezzo forte in the bridge, mm. it's gonna feel yeah uplifting yeah and so and similarly to all the things that we can think about with dynamics just like if i choose to leave some notes out of my voicings then when i finally give the third it's mm. like a revelation wow uh, yeah <laughs> and let me just say listening to this listening to ben talk about this doesn't mean you're doing it doesn't mean we're doing it <laughs> we just had this sense that oh i've just heard this so i must be doing it yeah, and you know, I just need to get other people to to listen to this. They're the problem. It really <laughs> yeah. is through experience, yeah. through practice, yeah. through I would say, li- you know, watching recordings of yourself and yeah. realizing or listening to recordings yeah. and realizing I'm not doing that. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I just want to have, yeah. confess something here. My son-in-law runs the sound for our church sometimes, Zach. And um, he just a few weeks ago, that's maybe a month ago. He he was making some joke about you know, well, you know, if you didn't have so much volume in the left hand on the piano, I could hear other stuff. And and for some reason, it 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 stuck with me. So I've been playing piano for fifty years, yeah. and I've ta- taught on this stuff. And I just thought, you know what? I don't need to be playing be, very often be below middle C the way yeah. I'm playing. And so yeah. since then, I have been entering a new world. Like you said, it's like yeah. a new, uh, you have a new gearbox because if I yeah. ever did want to play something, I could, but I'm just yeah. appreciating the bass so much more now. The bass that's guitar. Awesome. Yeah, wow, that's yeah. amazing. It's sad, <laughs> right. it's sad. It's mostly sad, but it's also amazing. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, it, uh, it just... It's a revelation. Like when you learn something new, it's always, it's always been there, but it's always, it's wonderful to yeah. grow and learn. Yeah. And, you know, I, my, um, this is my studio. So now my, my keyboard is under my desk, but it used to be over there on top of the B3. And like, that meant that whenever I was playing piano, I'd be standing over there, you know, like when I was playing my piano sample or whatever, be standing over there. And then I'd come over here. And it was always amazing to me how much changed. Oh my! <laughs> yeah, it's just like something about turning from the keyboard player into the producer again made me go, "Gosh, so I thought good. what I was doing over there was great, That's so and it good. wasn't." Yeah. Yeah. Like I would think I had the part, and I'd sit down and I'd be like, "Nope, it's way too much," or or sometimes too little, or whatever. It is almost so, yeah. Like- it's, it just takes a lot of trial and error to learn these things. You have an internal ear that you use when you're playing, and then you have an external yeah. ear ear that you use when you're listening and there was a a guy who in college who had a sax teacher uh saxophone teacher who would tell him that said okay you're Mm -hmm. playing now listen outside and it wasn't Mm -hmm. like this 
you know, metaphysical thing. It was just yeah. listen as though you're listening to yourself. Yes. And he said it caused me to play differently. Rarely do That's I do your, that. You know, one thing I've noticed is um, if I want to, um, when I'm trying to mix, which I don't, I don't mix my records, but I'm always trying to keep a good rough mix going as I'm producing. If I want to set the level of the piano right, I need to listen to the vocal. Oh, absolutely. Listening to the vocal, and it's almost like I keep the piano in the periphery of my mind, then I'm able to set the level for it right. And that's just true with so many things in music. It's like you really have to get outside of yourself to see it. Which has to do with your monitor mix, which if you've never done a podcast on monitor mix, but someday we will, because if your monitor mix is bad, if Mm -hmm. all you can hear is yourself, you will hate to drop out. Yes. Yes. You will never want to drop out. That's great. Right. Okay. So here's another question for you. Um, Some churches will uh, learn songs based on arrangements. So I've had this happen where... um, Yeah. The exact arrangement that it's on. Yes. Yes. Recording. Yes. We don't do that in our church. And I don't know if many Sovereign Grace churches do. I'm not not sure I haven't done a poll, but um, we come in and we say... You know, it's great if you know the arrangement, but we're going to s- try to serve the congregation in the context, depending on what we've come out yeah. of. You know, we may not start sure. with a big intro. I'd just be interested yeah. in your thoughts on that. What, you know, what are the advantages of the arrangements that have yeah. already been done, and then how to think about it on a Sunday morning? Well, okay, so the, the, the first caveat is I don't think that you should play, in general, the album versions in the key that they were recorded. Okay, great. Key, yeah. At least, I, great. At least I would really pay attention because the difference between the album and your congregation is that on the album there does need to be a lead vocal and it needs yes. to be the artist, yes. and and that's okay. Like that's not that's not a flaw of those recordings. It's just different. Even if it's a live recording, yes, it's like Chris Tomlin needs to sound good on the live recording because his name's on the record, but also because he wants to communicate to you what's powerful about yes, the song so that good. you want to do it in the church. And that's fine. So there's nothing nefarious about that. But when it's time for you to play it in your church, it's time to keep it for the congregation. Yes. And most of the time, that's not going to be the same as the record. So that that the problem is that when I say that, then that immediately makes it much more difficult for players who are a little less proficient to learn the parts off of that yes. recording because all of a sudden they're having to transpose. I know there are tools for this. There's, I know there's like a um, an iPhone app that does a really good job of yep. transposing yep. recordings down so you can learn your parts and, and all that. So uh, it's not insurmountable. I, I do feel like the advantage of learning this way is that you are, um, if you're a player for whom part writing and thinking of yourself as an arranger and a part of a, a group is new, then you get to hear what someone who thinks about music that way every single day mm. did when they were playing electric guitar on the song. Mm. So it can, it can be a masterclass, you know, in, yes. in how to, how to part, right. Yeah. Well, so I think it can be useful for that. Yeah. What would you say? I think that's really good. What would you say to the team that feels like, well, we can't do that. So let's do, let's fill it out with multi-tracks or let's fill it out oh. with other, other, you know, other sources to make it sound big and loud and full. I, I I think I'd probably try to zip my mouth about that because I, my, I know we wouldn't do that at my church, but um, I I don't know what challenges other churches have and what they're up against. So Mm. I I wouldn't want to speak against that. I think, you know, your church, 
I mean, I would say no matter where you go to church, I think we should all have in common that we all want the congregation to sing. Yes. That's something, I would, that's something I would go to the mat about, you yeah. know? Um, but, but beyond that, it's like, I, I don't know what it takes to get your congregation to sing and what, what the challenges are. So yeah. I don't want to put a rule yes. on people. Yeah. We, was, we have said it's always, it's, it's the glory of God in Christ that's meant to get us to sing. I mean, yeah. it just, uh -huh. if, if we don't see that, uh, yeah. the kind of singing we're doing isn't the right kind of singing. Yeah. But sometimes people see that and we're, we're holding them back musically. By either, yeah. like you said, I like that boredom and overstimulation. Yeah, that is that's a great. Those are great things to keep in mind as we're thinking about how how are we really serving the congregation? Mm -hmm. Okay, so here's maybe to close this out. And this may take a while, but um, you're sitting in front of a band. You've got a acoustic yeah. guitar player, electric drums, bass, keyboard. Yeah, what might you say to each of them? about how they could grow, how they think about their role, how they could grow, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, that, that kind of thing. Well, okay, so there's there's a couple of like global things that I would say. One is you should be listening to music and you should pay attention to the kinds of things that people who play your instrument really do when they're <laughs> playing on a record. <laughs> because so, As opposed to things it's, you it's imagine serious. them doing. Because, okay, like, you know, if you're a piano player playing in high school, I bet your hands look like this a lot while you're playing. Like That's it's kind of like all the drummers drumming all the time. And then I, then I certainly played that way, you know, and that's not, you know, sounds like Elton John or whatever. You know what I mean? That, that kind of like, I'm the whole band in yeah. one place. And I remember when I was like early on in like learning to be a session player, I listened to the wallflowers one headlight and I heard that organ part and I went, that's what guys do on records. Huh. He just finds this perfect little counter melody and he rides that thing into the sunset. Hmm. And, and I think that like no crash symbol, when you really listen to what actual drummers do on records, yeah. How often they hit the crash symbol when they actually wow. play fills, then you start to see what it is to be wow. a drummer, yeah. what it is to be a bass player. And then um, I would also say, um, Yeah, so I guess um, globally, what would I say to the individual people? I, I already said what I would say to to an acoustic guitar player, and that's that you shouldn't always be strumming. Yeah, yeah. Um, something I would say to piano players is that most of the time, uh, much of the time, you should be playing whole notes. Much of the time, mm -hmm. um, and then most of the time that you're not playing whole notes. You should be looking for what the subdivision is that you're needed to play mm. and do that simply. Me, and spell that out. Th I thankfully I just remembered the other thing. Um so I should be I'm often thinking, what subdivision is needed for me right now? Okay, I'm looking around the band. That guy's got eighth notes, Good. that guy's playing quarter notes, she's doing whole notes, and the vocal is singing eighth notes. Eighth notes are pretty heavily represented. I think I just named three people. Mm. Maybe I should be on quarters. Yeah. Or the, sometimes, I mean, you got to use your heart and your ear. Sometimes it's like, no, we should all be doing eighths yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. Like the, okay. it's not like yeah. it's not like it is always a balance. I'm just saying you're like paying attention to like what subdivision level could I be doing that would be most helpful yes, at this moment. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Bass player. I, I would. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Real quick, another global comment. Oh yeah. 
global comment is, I think what the way the part writers think is um, they're usually able to describe to describe what they're doing in just a few words. So uh, if you have to say, well, like um, I'm I'm going bum 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 bum. And then I every once in a while I play a little lick, and then I go boom, real big in my, you know what I mean? That's like too many words. Like so, to be if you can say like I'm playing the hook, or hmm. I'm doing diamonds, which is like Nashville whole notes we call diamonds yeah. here because whatever. Or like I'm I'm playing a little arpeggiated part. Like if you can describe what you're doing like that, that's like a really good sign. Okay. And so I would tend to be like electric guitar player. Like pay attention to records and listen to the kinds of parts that people play and like try to find a way to have all those in your back. Like yeah. be able to find a little arpeggiated part that's simple, that's up high. Um, be able to, you know, be able to play nice open diamonds that just ring well. Um, like fi find those chord voicings that that just sound good held out. Um, yeah, I'm kind of run so I'm running good. out of things. Yeah. Um, well, I, drummers, I would say like, be aware of what the like be hyper aware of what the dynamic of the song is and and um learn how to build that learn mm -hmm. how to build different kinds of dynamics and so for example many songs in worship you know like many songs that have a big lyrical arc are going to have a big dynamic arc they're going to want to like start start small and take us places and then get yes. small again and then take us places yeah. again learn how to be able to build that and some of building that has to do with learning how to withhold elements of the kit mm. um at the right times and so I, one thing i talk about a lot is like building the snare like there are many kind of arrangements where it's like we don't hear the snare till verse two yeah. when we get it at verse two it's on you know four every other bar and then when we hit chorus two, it's for every bar. And then when we hit the bridge, it's two and four. Oh, wow. And then it goes away. And then when we hit the last chorus, it's two and four. Like learning how to build snare yeah. um, or learning wow. how to build all the instruments over the course of the song. It's like, I'm going to withhold, um, I'm going to withhold the hat until a certain point or whatever. Yeah. And then there's other songs where it's like, this is a static arrangement. Yeah. And I need to be playing. This. It's basically the same bar for three minutes. And that's great too. Those kinds of songs are amazing. But then you got to really find a part that works super well. <laughs> it better be um, a good part. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Let me just say, I'm One sure that- One thing I would say to all let, players- let, Can I interrupt you right that, there? Yeah, do it. I just want to piggyback on what you just said. I'm sure there are some drummers who just heard what you were saying about the snare and their, their mind melted. Just like, <laughs> are you kidding me? I, I need to yeah. think about a song that carefully. And, and we would say- if you want to serve the church well, yeah, 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 yeah you do, yes. and yeah. it's going to take some time, but it's worth it's worth thinking about it. Yeah, man, you know one thing I, I like to think about on a Sunday morning is daring people to sing, just being like, or like, and I guess what I mean by that is like, we're going to play so quietly at this moment. We're all we're all in. Oh, we're going to play so quietly because we want to hear you sing, excellent. and I've got an ear out, and I'm listening for you, and I'm looking at you, and we are singing. Like, and, and, and then you want to make sure that when they do sing, they get rewarded for it. You don't want to, mm. you know, we're punishing people for singing. If, if we're always playing at this high dynamic, yes. because then they're trying to sing and their That's voice gets worn out and they can't even hear themselves. What's yeah. even the point of trying, but if you make it so that when they sing, they get this delicious reward of like getting to hear each other. Yes. It's just, it's amazing. And I, the reason I say that right now is because drummer 
who is being asked to wait on the snare, make that your reward. Mm. Like yeah. getting to hear the congregation sing. If you, if what you're doing isn't keeping them from singing and mm. you get to hear them sing, you win. You just won. You don't win by being, by showing what you're able to do. That's yeah. not yeah. winning in this yes. context. Yeah. An- um, another it, it reason. Takes reprogramming to think that way. And, and these things do take practice over mm-hmm. and over and listening, mm-hmm. evaluating what yourself, what you're doing and, and being ruthless. And we can be an encouragement to each yeah. other too when yeah. if, if we're humble, if, if we want to hear from the other members of the band, but even to say, hey, am I overplaying? Hey, does this part <sighs> work? I mean, I love that on a Sunday morning yeah. when different members well, say, great. does that part work? Right. You know? Yeah. And yeah. so that's real helpful. Uh, bass player, what would you say to bass player? Play the bass, like just play, <laughs> play the you, bass. That's... Don't play the guitar. You're not a guitar player. Be a bass player. Good. Um, and so, you know, I, I mean, learn how to use registers, like, you know, recognize like what, what's the sound of being on the, on the, the fat string, but up high up on your E string. Mm. Like what's the difference between, between playing those notes there and playing the same notes on the thinner strings, like get a sense of like those tonal differences so that you can play registers really well. Yeah. But in general, you should be on the root. Just play the root. Like and 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 then I mean, dude, if if all a bass player does, I would so much rather have a bass player only play the root in whole notes for an entire service than to overplay huh. for an entire service. It's so much rather the simple thing. Because people can sing to the simple thing. People don't get distracted to the simple thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, with all players, if we talked, to, I talked a minute ago about like the having a definition, like having a, a short description of what you're doing. Also, um, and so if you um, are constantly interrupting the pattern, it's not a pattern anymore. Mm-hmm. And so you should you should dole out interruptions to the pattern very judiciously, and to mm-hmm. as great of an effect as you can have. So. Man, one of my favorite drummers that I've ever heard in a church goes to my church, and it's wonderful. And one of the things that I love is how often he doesn't fill into the chorus. And every time it feels like a magic trick. I'm like, (laughs) he didn't fill into the chorus? It's like, you know that thing where it's like, the Grinch hadn't stopped Christmas from coming, it came just the same. It's like, he didn't play a a drum fill, and we're singing the chorus. How did it happen? That's and he fantastic. didn't hit his crash symbol and we're still singing the chorus. Like if you decide to be like, you know what? Yeah. I'm not even going to play a fill into this chorus. <laughs> I'm going to wait to play a fill until we get to the bridge. When you play that fill, it's going to have an effect. Oh, man. But on the other hand, if, you know, like sometimes it, um, you know, I'll be like, Hey, could you do a Tom's thing in the bridge? And the guy's like, boom, boom, boom. Boom, 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 right, boom, right, boom, right. Boom, 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 okay, boom, okay, boom, okay. Boom. Like, okay. I'm so sorry I asked, and that's not that's not a Tom's thing. That's a fill. Yeah. And yes. so it's like, you know, learn to be like, no. When I am asked to do a Tom's thing, I'm going to go boom, 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 and it's usually going to be that. By the way, uh, <laughs> you know uh. what I'm saying? It's like just like find a pattern. Just play the pattern. Play your part. So bass player. Play the root, and then if you've got a little lick in your head, maybe just do it that one time. Yeah, you know, just do it that, at that one point in the song when when it's like 
man, the bridge needs to be this huge moment. And so let's do it into the bridge. It'll be fantastic. Man, one thing I've learned is like piano players. Like I used to think of a piano solo as like, and now like a piano solo is like, I've been playing diamonds. And then between these two diamonds, I go, I go, bum, bum. That's a piano solo because hmm. I was playing my part. I was playing my pattern and then I stepped out of it and I did something meaningful that moved from one chord to the next. Yeah. Yes. When normally I had just been playing chord, chord, chord. Yes. Um, yes. So it's really the same things I think that you would say to all these different players. That is excellent, um, man. So good. That you are just a wealth of wisdom. <laughs> and uh, I can't believe we've covered as much as we have in these two podcasts. Oh, thank you. But there's plenty I, more. I just, I just love talking about this stuff. No, I do I know, this stuff every day and yeah. it never stops being yeah. a surprise. And I never stop being wrong when I think I'm right. And so you're always learning. Yes. Just, like always learning this stuff. Yeah. It's so fun. What, what would you say, last, last thing, what would you say just in terms of staying humble as a musician? You know, you're growing. And so someone could say, well, I'm growing in my skills. And so, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I know more. Like the musicians, mm -hmm. you interact with a lot of very gifted musicians. But yeah, but I would say that a lot of them are probably humble. Oh yeah, I learned that's one thing. That was one of the first things I learned being in Nashville. We, me and Andrew, got Richard Dodd to master the first record that we worked on together. And Richard Dodd worked with like, I mean, he knew the Beatles. I mean, huh. he's that kind of guy. Worked with like Traveling Wilburys and Tom Petty and whatever. And he was just like. Oh man, I'm just a goober. I don't know anything. Oh, and I just, I mean, he doesn't talk like that, but that was his, wow. and that's dude, Ron Bannister, my hero and yeah, mentor. Yeah. I don't know anything. I don't know how to do anything. So just know that if you're, and this is, I mean, I am not by default like that. I came into it. Like I know some stuff and I'm going to mm. show you like mm. that's, that is just my default setting. I'm not proud of that. That's mm. how I am. And to be around people like that and to recognize that the people with the shelf full of Grammys and I have none are like, I don't know, just makes me go, <laughs> I better, if I want to look like I know what I'm doing, I should act like that. <laughs> and, you know, another thing I've noticed is like being around that long enough, when I hear someone come up to me at a show and go like, hey, yeah, you know, I'm a piano player. I'm mostly self-taught. I'm like, I bet this guy's not any good. <laughs> And if somebody comes up to me and he goes like, oh, I play a little piano. Uh, it's not much. I'm like, they might actually be good. Yeah. Yes, yes. You know, the guys who really, because if you really know your instrument, then you actually know what much, rubbish you are. At. Yeah. How much you don't know. Me, yeah. Dude, I, I make my living largely as a piano player. Yeah. And like with every passing year, I'm like, Jacob Collier's in the world. I don't know how to play. The yes, piano. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. Yes. Well, Ben, you have a yeah. Grammy in our hearts. Yeah, you so, you are our biggest fan. Not that it means <laughs> you, wait, are. you are our biggest fan. We are your <laughs> anyway. Thank you for joining us. This has been great. We will want to get you on again for like songwriting and other things. Let's so do it. Yeah. so appreciate this. your time. Grateful for the ways you're as I said, you're serving the church, you're serving mm -hmm. the body of Christ, not only um just locally, but just in, in many ways through recordings and, and other means. So thank you. Grateful to God for you. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Ben. Thank you for Always joining us. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Sound Plus Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music. Sovereign Grace Music exists to produce Christ-exalting songs and training for local churches from local churches. 
For more information, free sheet music, translations, and training resources, you can visit us at sovereigngracemusic.org.